Friday, November 2nd, 2012, and this is Radio Wave. Network Information Service. I'm Robert John. Hurricane Sandy batters New England states. Hurricane Sandy made landfall in New Jersey on Monday, October 29th, and worked its way through New York and other states, its rains and high winds reaching all the way to the Great Lakes. Sandy left a trail of destruction before passing on toward the Midwest and weakening considerably. The damage included explosions, fires, blackouts, homes destroyed, subways filled with water, and even children swept out of their mother's arms by the rushing waters. Barack Obama's former White House Chief of Staff, Rahm Emanuel, stated, quote, You never want a serious crisis to go to waste, unquote. Will this crisis be used by the powers that be to help keep Barack Obama in office for another presidential term or even longer? Our Lady said on October 25th, 2012, Renew fasting and prayer, because Satan is cunning. This is the Medj Network Information Service. They fired the first shot, 2012, racing ahead. A friend of Medjugorje's latest and most highly demanded book, They Fired the First Shot, 2012, is continuing to spread like wildfire across the entire nation in the hearts of tens of thousands of readers. Copies have also landed in more than 20 foreign countries, recalling a statement made by former Attorney General John Ashcroft. Freedom is not America's gift to the world. It is God's gift to mankind. Caritas of Birmingham's in-house printing operation has been printing and binding books nearly around the clock to keep up with demand, approaching 50,000 copies in just a few weeks. Discounted pricing for cases of 16 books have been so popular among readers that more than 1,000 cases have been purchased by those who have read the book who believe it to be so important that they are giving it away. A friend of Medjugorje has been traveling across the nation to speak about the book and principles contained within, speaking to lovers of liberty who come to listen to him, seeking the truth found in the book. Our Lady said on August 23, 1983, I myself invited here each one of you, for I need you to spread my messages in the entire world. This is the Medj Network Information Service. Better to Die a Hero 
Charles Woods, father of Navy SEAL Tyrone Woods, who was killed in the September 11, 2012 attack on the United States CIA building in Libya, is speaking out as more details have surfaced about the attack and complete rejection by the White House to help defend the Americans being attacked at the site. Tyrone Woods and another Navy SEAL defied orders to stay away from the building and fought valiantly for seven hours before succumbing to mortar fire. Their decision to defy orders highlights a growing discontent arising in troops within the United States military, as soldiers are increasingly faced with the decision to either obey an order and break their oath, or defy the order to keep their oath. They Fired the First Shot, 2012, examines the issue of the oath of office, from soldiers to congressmen, all the way down to local police officers and county commissioners. When one has sworn an oath before God, and an order given requires one to violate that oath, then one is obligated to defy that order. Charles Wood, father of the slain Tyrone Woods, in a public message to Barack Obama, in which he ponders whether Barack Obama is responsible for his son's death, stated, quote, It's better to die the death of a hero than it is to live the life of a coward, unquote. Our Lady said on November 25, 1997, Become conscious of your Christian vocation. Holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian and love God over everything. This is the Medge Network Information Service. How to New Communities Conference at Caritas, December 6th and 7th, 2012. The How-To New Communities Conference, advertised in and directly related to They Fired the First Shot 2012, will occur at Caritas of Birmingham on December 6th and 7th, 2012. Many have desired this type of gathering for years, patiently waiting for Our Lady to finish and present her plan. The conference will be the first of many how-tos to take place at Caritas to educate people in concretely implementing the solution revealed in They Fired the First Shot, 2012. Information on the conference can be found at www.medj.com or by calling Caritas at 205-672-2000. Our Lady said on February 25, 2009, Open yourselves to God and to His plan for each of you. From the Medge Network Information Service, I'm Robert John. This is Medjugorje.com. Stay tuned for our regular radio wave broadcast, brought to you by Caritas of Birmingham. The solution for the United States is found in They Fired the First Shot 2012, the newest book by a friend of Medjugorje. They Fired the First Shot 2012 shows how Obama has strategized to handle the U.S. bishops, how Christians don't know their rights, what will happen if we don't change the path we are on, why people who would never speak of revolution are doing so now, and it's not with a sword and bow. They fired the first shot 2012, a nonfiction by a friend of Medjugorje, available from Amazon.com, Medj.com spelled M-E-J.com, or by calling Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. 
205-672-2000. They fired the first shot 2012. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, this morning Our Lady gave a message for the world through Mariana. That message was exported here to Caritas, exported uh, back out to the whole world, and from Caritas, Alabama, connecting everyone all over the world tonight throughout this broadcast, sharing the message together with a host, a friend of Medjugorje. And so tonight... As we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. What does the Olympian feel like when he worked all his life? To get to that point and exercises and the sport he joined or has his expertise in, to come finally into that arena. Or put yourself in other shoes of training of people who may have Spent a lifetime trying to get to a certain point. Saved all their life to build a house. And finally can move into it. And especially if it's paid for, what do they feel when they do that? What kind of consolation? We've been with Our Lady for 31 years. Some people who follow Our Lady are underneath the, year, the 31 years of age. But one thing we can see is what she came for, just as an Olympian came to his moment. We're coming to the moment. This is it. Everything we've been taught, everything we've learned, everything I've shown, will have to be relearned by the next generation and the next generation after that. But that first generation, that first schooled generation, trained that first Olympians, spiritual Olympians, they've got to get it right. They've got to be the witness for future ages. How did they do it? What did they do? What did they think? How did they fail? How were they victorious? Who are the Judases? Who are the Johns? Who are the Mary Magdalene's? We're in thrilling moments. Most would say, who are thoughtful people, would say we're in the most perilous time in our nation's history. And many, with wisdom, are saying even more perilous than when we were in the Civil War or the Revolutionary War. Why? Because there's a difference in the beginning of the Civil War. There's a difference in the beginning of the Revolutionary War. We've got more decadence that God destroyed and made judgment on places and sites across the world in the past, including the whole world at one point with Noah. And so we're not sitting in the same amphitheater as the Revolutionary War or the Civil War. We're sitting in a position of when God purified the earth or when God purified Sodom. We have at our 
at our feet the great moment of the woman of revelations. And how many people can see this? How many people can see truth? Catholics? Only the Catholics? Only the Christians? Many of them don't see it. A friend of mine growing up, a Nazarene preacher now, probably 20 years older than I am, was a real mentor. He said one of his congregationalists came up to him and said, only Nazarenes go to heaven. He said, I hope not, because none of them ain't going to make it. Do you have that mentality? It's only Catholics. We got everything. All right, together. Oh, yes, we got the sacraments. We got the truths. We've perpetuated the scriptures. It's been through the centuries. Everything's preserved through the Holy Church. But are we living truth as Catholics? It's interesting that our lady today in her message spoke of truth. And she does it in a way that shows many people, Catholics and Christians, and those of goodwill, don't have full truth. And that's the investment of 31 years, is to bring us back to the truth, how to understand the truth, how to discern the truth. Our Lady of Medjugorje's November 2nd, 2012 message to Mariana on the day for non-believers. Dear children, as a mother, I implore you to persevere as my apostles. I am praying to my son to give you divine wisdom and strength. I am praying that you may discern everything around you according to God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. I am praying that you may witness the love of the Heavenly Father according to my son. My children, great graces have been given to you to be witnesses of God's love. Do not take the given responsibility lightly. Do not sadden my motherly heart. As a mother, I desire to rely on my children, on my apostles. Through fasting and prayer, you are opening the way for me to pray to my son, for him to be beside you, and for his name to be holy through you. Pray for the shepherds, because none of this would be possible without them. Thank you. Our Lady comes to us that we may discern everything around us according to God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. How many in the church don't have that? And in fact, their voice is for untruth. People think that this election is about one versus another. It's much greater than that. It's not the other. It's what's evil. And what's evil we can't be for. And we know, and you know who read the first, they find the first shot, shows what this last presidency, these four years, have done in evil. 
how it's coming to rule. It's no secret. It's no conspiracy. The facts are the facts. Our lady wants us to discern these signs of the times. She says, look around. You see the signs of the times. You think she's coming from heaven for 31 years without there being a cause? What she sees and identifies that cause, ask God to come down here and mother us. As a mother, she says, Do not sadden my heart. As a mother, I desire to rely on you, my children, on my apostles. Jesus relied on his twelve. And so we have her coming because of the lack of truth, the lack of divine wisdom. To help identify those voices of saying, Oh, I'm Catholic or I'm Christian. I'm showing you the way. I'm a believer. Many are being led astray by this or deceived. Vice President Biden, we don't look at this, what he says, as a party that we're opposed to him, but philosophically, philosophically his ideas. There's a new commercial out was sent to us today. And it's amazing. This is a Catholic who's for the least of the little ones. I mean, he's for abortion, wholesale abortion in every way and any way. The abortion clinic's wants to do it. He's on record for that. It's not saying it because it's Biden. He's got an ideology that's against the Catholic against Catholicism, against Christianity, against biblical principles, against the statutes of God. It's clear. It's not a gray zone. Obama backs that. Biden is against traditional marriage. You respond, "Oh no, he's not. He's okay with that. He's just for untraditional marriage too." No, if you're for untraditional marriage, you're against traditional marriage. It's an attack and assault on the sacredity, the holiness of how God wants procreation, the family, and the world to prosper by. Biden is against these things. The scripture has some serious words to say in regards to the least among us. When they're violated. But many people had a forked tongue today, Biden included. Listen to his own words, how Catholic he was, and those values that's imprinted on him in social doctrine. And yet he's for the rearrangement of marriage, he's for the violation of the conscientious objection. He has no problem with that. He has no problem with tearing babies from the womb. Listen to his own words and see if this is full of divine wisdom and strength. See if it's what I already said. May everything around you according to God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. Is he in truth? Or is he in a lie? I think it's obvious by his own words. As a practicing Catholic like many of you, I was raised in a household where there was absolutely no distinction between the values my mom and dad drilled into us and what I learned from the nuns and priests who educated me. 
We call it Catholic social doctrine. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do for me. I'm here to tell you that President Obama shares those values. You heard him say it time and again, we are our brother's keeper. We are our sister's keeper. And he means it. My dad used to say it a slightly different way. He used to say it's about recognizing dignity in every man and woman. So if you take a look at what we've done, at its root it comes down to providing people with opportunity, a dignified opportunity to care for themselves and for their families. And that's why we've spent the last four years fighting to make sure the middle class has a fair shot again. That's why we fought to expand access to affordable care, quality The voice of the devil. You say, how dare I say something about a vice president? I'm saying what he says. God has to judge him. But we certainly can judge by his words and contradicting of his actions. When he says, whatever you do to the least, you do to me. He espouses, he's for HHS mandates, he's for untraditional marriage. And yet he's proud to say, these values that I have are instilled with me, by me and to my, by my parents. What do you think of that? I am praying to my son to give you divine wisdom and strength. Can you see that? I'm not doing the show tonight here to try to convince you to swear a vote. I'm doing this to help you distinguish more clearly the fact the devil is in our midst. And what's being espoused, many people are buying into. Catholics. Christians. I am praying that you may discern everything around you according to God's truth. This individual is not standing on God's truth. He's a liar. And he goes on and says, God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. How God deals with him is his problem. But the church teaches someone with these positions excommunicate themselves. And there's three things. Pope Benedict said in a quote, and I quoted earlier in my Metronomics this past week, that this things is not debatable. We can debate war as Catholics and Christians. Pope actually says, as Catholics, we can debate war. We can debate death penalty. But we cannot debate abortion. And we cannot debate those things that break our conscience, that violate it. We cannot debate traditional marriage. So this thing's not debatable with what Biden says. You have, to, you have to be cut and dry with your view on this. Look at this very clearly. We have people that call us to show you how another Catholic who called into our phone system left her comment to show you how far people are from the truth. An incredible thing. Incredible words. Scary words. And she refers to Mitt Romney as the devil. And if that's your opinion, I'm not objecting or debating you about it. 
That's your opinion. I'm not even bringing this up about that being for or against what she says in that regard. I'm bringing it up and showing you the earth thinking as far as a Catholic and what this person believes. I'm not going to challenge you whether you think Mitt Romney is again. And as I said on Imaginomics yesterday, write in your mother if you don't want to be elected Mitt Romney. We're not telling you who to vote for as much as we're saying what you can't vote for as a Catholic. But listen to this clip and meditate how far and how off base we are. You think God's going to save us? Until we stand up to people like this and say, no, you can't wear the title Catholic by espousing these views. This makes you fear for these souls and how far they've gone astray. Please tell me how Obamacare is threatening my, my, my Catholic religion. Please tell me how that affects me, all right? You don't make any sense. I don't have to participate in anything. I don't have to have an abortion, I don't have to be sterilized, and I don't have to uh, buy birth control pills. All the things you object to. You want us to support Romney, who's going to take us straight away to war, where you know thousands and thousands of people will die, and history will be altered. Really? That's what you want? To re reverse Roe v. Wade, so it's now against the law, and women die in the kitchen, with a hanger trying to abort their self. They will do it anyway. <laughs> you know what? The Catholic Church needs to step up. Step up. Make some sense. And please, I wouldn't vote for Romney, as some woman said that was interviewed in, in uh, Freeport, Illinois, where his job is being outsourced to China. Mitt Romney's the devil's twin brother. Yeah, all the devils aren't in hell. They're roaming the earth. And Mitt Romney and his crew are amongst them. They want to destroy everything but rich. They got the Koch brothers that want to put out new schools. Uh, neighborhood schools, another word is segregated schools. Charter schools is another word for backed by the Koch brothers and their curriculum. Where is the Catholic Church? Lost again? Failing again? Blundering and stumbling again? Good luck. Good luck to you clowns. Amazing. A good Catholic who's gone astray in a severe way. Can we say it's good? Do we want to go by and hold hands with everybody and say everything's fine in the church? We're sick if we got this kind of diversity in thinking. We got this kind of mentality. Where are we going from here? She said reverse Roe versus Wade. Yes, we do want to do that. That's exactly what we want to do. She was referring to the woman that was interviewed, Jill, Jill Sanic, which is who testified against Obama, who made the rooms for comfort rooms where they had babies who survived abortions who were taken away and just lied to, laid down in the laundry rooms and closets to die. And so Obama's solution with others was a comfort room where you can go rock the baby to death. So this woman was objecting to this interview and equated somehow to loss of jobs. 
we've grown stupid. Like the song we played six months ago or so, they must be stupid in the water. People don't know what right or wrong is anymore. Where have we gone wrong like this? And you wonder if something's going to happen? You wonder if Our Lady's coming back for a reason? That she's going to end this period of apparitions of almost four decades, or headed toward four decades, rather, without some kind of effect from the cause that's caused her to come down? She's bringing effect. These messages are to affect us, to make us realize what's happening. We know what they did in Nazi Germany. They turned their children against the parents. They blamed the parents for everything. They wanted the parents to be wrong. They wanted to show that your parents is antiquated. Don't follow the way. Why? Because if you break from the parents and their traditions, you can retrain the children. There's a new song out, put out, from what we understand by Democrats. And this song is horrible. This was sent to us, and it's about children singing about America, how we're killing the polar bear, how this stuff comes from China, how horrible this situation is, and how horrible we've done this and done that, the environment and how we're killing it, how we strip mine everything. Nothing but destruction. And how, who's at fault? They're blaming, they're blaming you. They're blaming parents. Here's just the ending of it, just a piece of it. It's scary words, because this is what they're teaching in the schools. This is what they find the first shot speaks about. It shows you this, and where this is headed. It's just not saying where we are right now with them playing these kinds of commercials. But where does it go from here? Listen to the words, and you say where it goes from here. Mom and Dad are blaming you. What you've done to our country. You did your best, you failed the test. Mom and Dad were blaming you. Class warfare. Not just in classes, but even from children to the parents. You wonder why ladies coming? Tenth anniversary. Read sacred scriptures, our lady said. So you find the true reason why I'm coming. We are in scary moments. At the same time, exciting moments. We're just a few days away from an election where everybody's putting their whole stock on what's going to happen. Which direction we're we taking. In the end, it doesn't matter. What matters and what changes the situation in our country and the world, because our, 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 our country is exceptional. People speak about American exceptionalism. They don't like that. They think, oh, America is not arrogant. It's nationalistic. When we say American exceptionalism, we mean that there's no nation ever on earth has been blessed as we have outside of Israel. The only thing that comes second to us, or close to us, or the same, or even higher, however you want to grade it. America is exceptional. That's why the whole world is looking at this election. 
probably falsely, because that's not what's going to determine the things that need to change. It's got to be another way. Something else has to happen. And that's our moral fiber, our morality itself, our living God's statutes. That will change things. When we are immoral as a people, you elect immoral people because they're the majority. That's why I said, what you are is the leaders you get. You want to save this nation? It's not methods. It's not what you're going to do with the economy. It's not what you're going to do this way or that way. It's be moral, be righteous. God will rise up somebody from there to lead, not by any savvy that individual has, but because we as a people have become that. He'll bless us with that. Until it happens, he won't. So what's going to happen next Tuesday is God's report card of where we are morally, what we're accepting as Catholics like Joe Biden, like this other poor wretch who called us as Catholic, who told the lie about the coat hangers. That's not even true. That's a whole lie right there in itself. Almost never happened before abortion was in operating rooms or abortuaries. You can't even believe those things. And so we see we're at a point that we're going to get a report card come next Tuesday. Evil reigns. Evil is not going to step down. You're going to see fraud. You're going to see struggles. You're going to see great, great efforts for evil to stay in power. And yes, I'm saying that. I said it in the book, and I stand behind that. We've got an evil system. It's not incapable of really electing who we need to have right at this moment. The only way to do that, the only way for this country to come back to a city on the hill is to realize how we've fallen. We have poets and the thoughts of dancers who were shallow. Soldiers thought the poets were weak. We have older people who see the young ones as foolish. And we see the youth doing the same thing. Everybody thinks they know which is a better way to go. A different design. Nobody stands together. We're all divided in our country. But a lady's come through her message to show us one thing. That it's the rhythm of the dancers that gave the poets light. And the spirits of the poets who gave the soldiers the strength to fight. It's the fire of the young ones, and it's the wisdom of the old. Where have we lost these traits? Along the way. Why? Because of sin. It's up to us to find that, to come back to holiness, to be that light, that city on the hill. Did you hear of the city on the hill? Said one old man to the other It once shined bright and it would be shining still But they all started turning on each other mm. You see the poets thought the dancers were shallow And the soldiers thought the poets were weak And the elders saw the young ones as foolish and the rich man never heard the poor man speak And one by one they ran away 
Well, they're made up minds to leave it all behind And the light began to fade in the city on the hill The city on the hill Each one thought that they knew better That they were different by design Instead of standing strong together, they let their differences divide. Then one by one, they ran away, with their made-up minds to leave it all behind. And the light began to fade in the city on the hill. Searching still But it was the rhythm of the dancers That gave the poets life It was the spirit of the poets That gave the soldiers strength to fight It was the fire of the young ones It was the wisdom of the old it was the story of the poor man that made it to be told. It is the rhythm of the dancers that gives the poets life. It is the spirit of the poets that gives the soldier strength to fight. It is the fire of the young ones. It is the wisdom of the old. It is the story of the poor man that's meaning to be told. One by one will be run away. With our made-up minds to leave it all behind As the light begins to fade in the city on the hill One by one we run away With our made-up minds to leave it all behind As the light begins to fade in the city on the hill The city on the hill Father's calling still Come home To the city on the hill Come home Are we just going to run away? Will we just ignore our situation? Our lady says Do not take the, the giving Responsibility lightly do not sadden my motherly heart. We have a serious responsibility in our message, or rather in our mission with the message. There's many things we'd like to be doing that we can't do for ourselves. I never thought one could be so busy in spreading the messages. As Louis de Montfort spoke about being the slave of Our Lady, we're her slave. We're not free to do her our will in the mission, but to exist for her purpose. 
She said that in a message. Your life does not belong to you, but it's to be a, a gift spent in bringing others to eternal life. You, not in this mission, have a responsibility because now you see Our Lady, you follow her. We're to love the Bidens, the wretched Catholic we just heard from, these poor children who are so brainwashed to turn against the honoring of their parents and blame them for everything that happens to killing the polar bears and whatever. Do not take the given responsibility lightly. We are given responsibility. It's not something we took or we made for ourselves. Our Lady says, My children, great graces have been given to you to be witnesses of God's love. Do not take that given responsibility lightly. What does this mean for us? What does it mean for you? It's time we really look at the clock. It's time we follow her words without our own, by just words. It was the word they were all afraid to say. Just to speak it would mean certain death. Revolution. The brave men in 1776 knew very well the cost of freedom. Do we know it today? While we allow ourselves to be managed by a surrogate system of government, are we willing to do what they did? They fired the first shot 2012 by a friend of Medjugorje, a book that has helped thousands in a few short weeks make the decision to throw off the chains of tyranny and find freedom. They fired the first shot 2012, available from Amazon.com or on Medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call us in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000. They fired the first shot 2012. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. This show so far is a little bit unsettling hearing uh, these voices of the opposite side where we stand that are just as passionate, just as committed, perhaps even willing, just as willing to, to lay down their life for what they believe in, that we are willing for our side. And you can see with the whole communication explosion with the internet and the iPhones and all these things that everyone has the ability to create and stand by their um, their views um, unlike any other time that we've lived in our in history I, I think and our lady's voice is just one other voice out there we know that she has God's truth, but in the midst of all these other voices, she's still just one other voice out there. How is this what she's saying today in the message that she's depending on the her apostles to bring her voice to be heard louder than the others? How is it, or do you feel that her words, her truth, 
is going to rise up above the clamor of all of the lies and distortions that are presently so flooding the world. Our lady answered that when she said, I am a Christian. Holy martyrs died witnessing. When we're called to testify, when we're called to be a witness, and our lady said that, my children, great graces have been given to you to be witnesses of God's love. When you're told you can't have the liberty to worship God or be free to exercise your belief in God, how would you witness God's love? The word witness means martyr. Holy martyrs die witnessing. Is that coming? Evil, if it continues to reign, which can be abated by our prayer and fasting, our wars can be stopped by that. But if we don't have enough, and we've got people that's filling the church that espouse these things that we just heard, these three clips, to commercials in the song, are we going to be called upon to witness God's love in this way? We can put on sackcloth, witness that way. Are we at that threshold? That's what I'm telling you. Tuesday's at a report card. It's how God sees it. No matter what the votes are, forget that. Who gets in it will show where we are. Are we going to be allowed to buy a little more time? Are we going to get the full darkness that comes back in on Tuesday? It's God's decision. I don't care how many millions of votes are ahead of Obama. It's up to God that he won't get it. Because when we have embedded, when we have ruling of evil and the executive orders and everything in place, that all could be washed away. Or that may have the power to wash away any votes being outvoted. And so we got to realize these voices of Our Lady, that compete with Our Lady, rather, the voice of Our Lady, which is us, she says, I cannot do anything without you is a grace, great grace, she says, and it's a given responsibility. We didn't take on responsibility to be in the position we are with the Medjugorje world and the messages and what our ladies call us to do. And we get persecuted for it. We have many follow Medjugorje that's very jealous of us. Not many, but those voices out there that want you maybe think they're many. But we didn't ask for this. Some people want to be on top. They want to be what we are. We never did want to do that. Look on the site today. We're just content letting our kids chase chickens. We're content to be rural. Have our little life. Our little homestead. That's what I wanted to do. Many of you who've come here hear me say, Our Lady, when she asked in 1980 for a community to be established, I turned to Maria and said, What? A community? I moved out here to get away from people. And of course, there's usually thousands here when we're talking, when Maria's here. But what we have is a responsibility that was given to us. We don't mind. I don't mind. The community stands behind it. I stand with it, saying what we need to say. You won't hear things that said about the messages because it cost you. It cost you persecution. But how will you ever go to the gallows if you don't build a fiber and just stand it up for what's right instead of being political? Some other people in the Michigan movement, we don't belong to a movement, but there's, our, there's a movement they believe this is the way you should do it. Or you should do that. And there's a lot of good people spreading Medjugorje. That's not to say it's not. But many are afraid to say what we're willing to say for a lady. That's why she's given us the responsibility. She knows we'll say it. We have marriage going down the tubes. 
and the Christians are at fault. You think they're trying to rearrange marriage because they just come up and thought of this? No, our divorce has birthed that. Let's blame who deserves blame. These kids blaming the parents is very much an error because there's radical environmentalism, immorality that they're espousing. But in some ways, we are at fault. If we want to look at what we're in, our, our sins have caused this. They may have that thought process a little bit correct. Of course, it's dishonor parents. You never do that. But what I'm saying is there's a point made in that, that we all are at fault for what we've done. Marriage is thrown away just like a piece of paper, or like a paper plate after you eat dinner on it at a picnic. Throw it in the garbage. It means nothing. Can you imagine people having 30, 40, 45, 50 years of marriage? They're throwing it away. The highest divorce now is long-term marriage. Where is the thinking, the investment you have in building your home and having your children and those things that you have? And what when you grow older and you realize the tragedy is mistakes? Fractured families makes fractured nations. Fractured nations make people want to define something that didn't work into some other kind of marriage. And abortion. All kind of spiritual diseases. So the first to blame is us. The first who has to witness is those who've come to the truth, have discerned it, have seen everything around us is causing us to distance, be distanced from God and from Our Lady's Son. What some people throw away is really scary. And often it's their own life and their own future. An old piece of rope held up his pants As I backed up he threw up his hands So I got out and closed the door Asked him what he stopped me for He reached down and picked up a burlap bag There at the city dump He showed me all he had A blanket for the colder nights An old King James and a pocket knife A worn out watch had a lucky rabbit's foot A picture in a broken frame He said I wish I knew her name As he gently brushed his hand across her face What some people throw away I turned to hide my tear-filled eyes then shook his hand and said goodbye To me it was just a second load But he held it like a bag of gold I was too ashamed to tell him at the time Everything he was holding was mine King James and a pocket knife A worn out watch and a lucky rabbit's foot A picture in a broken frame 
He'll never know I knew her name What I'd give to put that smile back on her face What some people throw A picture in a broken frame. He'll never know I knew her name. How many marriages have been broken, thrown away. Those relics of that family don't go into the garbage. Ivan said that the sins of the parents and even just one parent who's in sin opens the family up to the devil and then Satan can go after each one. Don't throw away Our Lady's messages. Don't cast them aside. Don't reject what's given to you in responsibility to reconcile, to be at peace, to make things worse, work even when they may not be able to be perfect because everything depends on it. A friend of Medjugorje, you are always one that's going to run into the ambush. And you've often said that you're wired that way. You can't help it. And I admit that I am not wired that way. I'm more of a weak-kneed person. I have to work on my courage a lot of times. And that's... How I approach the messages of Our Lady a lot of times. I've always got my radar up. What's she saying here? What's, what's, is she warning us? Is she preparing us for um, those, those dark days coming or whatever it is? But in reading the message today, I, I recalled from the Gospel of John where Jesus is at the Last Supper, and he is preparing his apostles for this moment in which he's going to his Calvary. They don't know what's going to happen, but they do know that they're getting prepared. And, um, and through that, that time, he's praying for his apostles. He's giving them advice, this last advice, and um, but praying that, that God, the Father, the Holy Spirit would be there to, to strengthen them, to give them wisdom. All these things that Our Lady prayed for us today. Um, and there are so many things that she prayed for us today. She's praying for, that, for our perseverance and, in, in fact, imploring us to persevere. She's praying for wisdom and strength. She, she's praying that we discern everything according to God's truth. She wants us to resist. She wants us to witness. She wants us to be responsible. So it, it just seems to me that she is, you know, giving us her pep talk of preparing us for graduation in some way. And my question, do you see this parallel in the message? And, and lastly, um, Mariana said she came decisive today. 
that she was strong in, in everything that she was speaking so decisively. So my, my question again is, do you see this parallel in the message that, that Our Lady's preparing us for, setting us, setting out? Well, you would think that Our Lady, after all the years of appearing to the visionaries, would do things differently than what maybe we would do. We would think, okay, we have to start conditioning them and say, next year I'm going to quit appearing to you. Mariana, out of the blue, Our Lady says, your apparition is going to end. Ivanka was told the day before, your apparition is going to end. After all, five years, you've been with the lady. Yaakov, with I don't remember how many years, 15, 16, 17 years maybe of apparitions. Everything's going normal. It's just another day. And then our lady says, tomorrow is your last apparition. If this is the traits of our lady, which is something of very decisive, a decisive spirit. She goes right up to that, give you everything. I'm not even winding you down. You get, you get, and then boom. I mean, that's pretty scary. You think she's going to do any less for us? Hey, tomorrow's my last apparition. Get on board now because you're going to lament because she said you would. August 25th, 1997. You will lament soon or soon you will lament for these messages. How much more so for her presence? And so we need to see our ladies wanting us to be positive. And she is to take those who accept the invitation now before you're forced to take the invitation or the, the mandate. You think HHS mandate is mandated. The mandate after this time of decision is over, this decisive moment that you got to decide where you're going to be. We see a we see a total separation in this election, a vast difference in people's ideologies. 30 years ago, the Democrats would never be for what the Democrats are today. And 30 years ago, the Republicans would not be near as lenient as they are today. But at the same time, we see a separation. People are going more to the light. They're not completely in the light. They're not completely right. Mitt Romney is not the one I would have elected for the nomination. That's what we got. The powers be gives us who we got. But as far as values, there's nothing we can, we can debate those values or debate his ways. But we can't debate Obama's ways. Benedict made that real clear. Abortion and marriage. On the other side, whatever you think. We can debate that. Even if you don't want to, truth is truth. And so, it's disconcerting to think that one day we may have little warning that the apparitions are over. Now, granted, they were given the, the visionaries were when they got that one day notice, an annual apparition. At the same time, that's probably they probably had to have that. I don't know if the visionaries could survive after seeing heaven every day that just have nothing to look forward to. What would they live for? I don't care how much of a saint you could be having what they've had in the grace. Ivanka was said, no one in the world has received the grace as you and your brothers and sisters have received. No one. They see, they talk, they walk with their lady like Adam and Eve did with God in the cool of the breeze of the evening in the Garden of Eden. 
They're in the Garden of Eden. I've been with Maria when she's violently sick, and she's pre-Garden Eden. She's seeing heaven, and it goes away. She's stopped up and nasally or whatever, or sick or, or nauseated. All that leaves. I saw it through operation. I saw her after being injured. And in the moment of that person, she, that injury is not there because in heaven, in the Garden of Eden, there is no suffering. That physical suffering, and I'm saying, you know, if she's been persecuted, she's had difficulties or whatever, those things might remain in her heart. But the physical inside of it, that disappears. Our lady here, when Maria has been operating, appeared to her two hours over the operating table when she was under anesthesia, not feeling anything from the scalpel. And yet she saw Our Lady. So we have something very incredible happening, and this is a decisive time. We're not going to be by more time. We've got limited time. Our Lady wants to be with us, I'm, I'm, I'm certain, for 40 years. But that's, that's right around the corner, people. Very quick. And yet she wants to see that we have good days. I mean, we ate today, even if it was a fast day. You have bread. You're able to survive. Even if you lost your home, there's things there. It's not like it was in Yugoslavia. If you lost your home, you you died. They have no nothing, no nothing to fall back on. No church that was rich. And his ability to give help or labor or whatever, habitat, humanity, whatever, everything that we have. We are blessed. We have capability. And we are, I, I see that much of our problems is due to ungratefulness. Gratefulness to the, and gratitude for the passion of Jesus for forgive us the ability to go to confession. And I ties that in saying that if you went to monthly confession, the cure, it would cure the West. And yet we're not doing that. And a lot of that is no gratitude. How are we going to be grateful for God's salvation, Jesus' Via Della Rosa walk for us and salvation and his resurrection and taking our sins upon himself if we're not grateful for the blessings that we have every day? What would you feel if you got a death sentence today? Would you be grateful? Would you say, well, God, well, I, I, I got one eye because I've never took care of my eyesight when I was working in construction, just filthy and dust and everything. Macular degeneration in one of my eyes. Uh, there was somebody telling me about the story after that, that some well-known person, a movie star, a talk show host, I don't remember who it was, that he had got macular degeneration. He had to take off for a week and he was just pondering his whole life. And, you know, I, the doctor told me, I said, well, God gave me all the sight up to this point. He wants to take it as his to take. I didn't have any other feeling about it. Now, I might not feel different if I lose sight in that eye eventually because I love to read. But my attitude was, thank you, God. You gave me this, this to me this long. It's been a good day. Today, did you have a good day? Well, think about what it might be 10 years from now. You'll be regretting that you were not grateful. You'll be thinking, Lord God, I had a roof over my head. I had shoes on my feet. I remember a story about people out here where this valley is that they had no shoes. The one time a rich man walked Came by through here and gave them all shoes, and it was like, I mean, they remember it like the orange at Christmas. You don't remember getting 50 things, but you get an orange for Christmas, you're going to remember that when you, ain't had, when you haven't had one for 10 years. I can breathe. I got air in my lungs. You got groceries in the pantry. That means it's a good day. Are you grateful? 
Are you grateful for our Lady's presence today? We have to start there with the message. Because I'm telling you, we're blessed. All that we hear is doom and gloom. And this show's been something on, on, on a lot of negatives. But it's important you see this biblically, that you can be happy. You don't have to have a million dollars. You don't have to have a rod on fence around your place. You don't have to have all these things. You can just stop and listen. I had an uncle who lost his hearing, much of it, working in the factories. When he was 65, he got ear, ear, um, hearing aids, and he started hearing the bluebirds and singing, the redbirds, everything singing. He forgot that he could hear that. It, 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 gradualism took all that away. He didn't notice it went away, and he forgot that those secondary sounds were there. He was so grateful for that. Do you have that spirit? If you're a lady's child, she wants that. She demands that of you. Got a roof above my head Shoes on my feet Got air in my lungs Groceries in the pantry So I guess I'd have to say It's a good day
day. And do you long for those good days to have in your life? So many of us have, so many in the world, particularly in this nation, are longing for those days and longing for those living with God. For after so many years of being requested, so many years of being asked for, we're hosting this December 6th and 7th, a How-To New Communities Conference. This is something that uh, particularly has gotten even stronger since a friend of Medjugorje wrote, It Ain't Gonna Happen, where people are starting to look for this life in a more profound way, in a, in a stronger way to really take actions in their life. And so for many years, particularly the last few years, people have asked repeatedly uh, when, when this is going to happen. And as a result of they fire the first shot, people who don't have the hope, who aren't having good days right now, whether you're one of those people, people are finally starting to get hope from they fired the first shot. And this conference, December 6th and 7th this year, the first of hopefully many how-tos that we'll be hosting here, uh, is a direct fruit of they fired the first shot. And so for all of those that have read the book, you're all invited to come. For those of you who have not read They Fired the First Shot 2012, that's a book that is a must-read. You have to read that uh, yesterday. Uh, and then... You can't come if you haven't read it. Right. You can't come if you haven't read it. That's what I was, I was going to say it in a very nice way. But <laughs> that's the nicest way of saying it. So you have to read the book before you could come to the conference. So again, December 6th and 7th, 2012 at Caritas, Alabama. And there's information on Medj.com as well. We're not saying that, that you can't come because you haven't read the book. It's because we need to be on the same page together. If you're not... No one, you don't need to be here. Secondly, we don't have time to debate or, or bring you up to par on where we're going to be. People that's going to be here is already on a certain understanding of each other and, and will feel very comfortable and united just being with other people who have read it. Uh, you want to associate with this philosophy and this spiritual direction and so much of the message our ladies graduated people to through this point after 25 years of looking at the message and so we're not interested in having um, we're interested in, interested in having everybody, but we're not interested in having anything that would cause separation. So it is a must, no comment, that you've had had read the book to be here. And so we end this second of the month, another moment of history of the apparitions of thirty one plus years. Where we're going from here is very important. We know in these next days that we should be all the more in prayer, not for November 6th, but that God can take the actions necessary to correct us. And we need to run into that, just like we run into the fires of purgatory in Thanksgiving, that we know we'll attain heaven and that we escape the fires of hell. And so it is. We'll be speaking next at Medjinomics, the Thursday after the election. Maybe even the day after the election, we may have a show, depending on what happens. Until that time, we wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.